everybody. Welcome to the Joyce Wilder doing this show. We had a little bit of difficulty <laughs> at the start of this show because I haven't been uh, doing it as much as I would like to, but I'm here. I'm here. Uh, so I want to thank you, everybody, for listening and everybody who send in support and their uh, greetings, uh, positive greetings on the show. Uh, we've been on five years. We're going on six years. Or is it six? Okay. Uh, every time we've been I think that's wonderful. I think I love doing it. Some people call it a podcast. I call it an internet show because it's all over the world. It's, my show is all over the world, and that's a great thing. And I hope everybody is doing great and wonderful. Um, what are we going to talk about today? Let me see. What's, what is written down? Okay, we're going to basically base this particular show on America and its mass shootings. It's 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 um it's about time these politicians, people that are supposed to be representing us, do something about these past uh, mass shootings, because it's really really hard to fathom that other people from other countries do not want to come to the United States. They do not want to come here because they don't feel safe. Do you blame them? Do you blame them? I don't. But if I in the United States, I would not want to travel here. You're fucking, excuse my language, but you're fucking unsafe here. Then we got politicians bought and paid for do not want to do uh, what their constituency wants them to do, the voting public. They don't give a damn about the voting public. They care one thing, and that is about their party. They care about Donald Trump and their the worst president Ever. And I don't care who out there disagrees with me. I don't really care. I don't give a F. He is the worst ever. The worst ever. And we have to get a handle. We have to get a handle on our country, folks. This is our country. We have to get a handle on it. We can't let these people, these rogue Republicans, run roughshod over our our country. This is our country. That's our White House. We should be able to fight back, protest. But as I've said a thousand times before, Americans just do not have the fortitude to fight back, to fight this and back. He's only one man, folks. We are 350 million strong. What is wrong? We're out. That's all it is. We look for other people to fight our battles. I'm not up to fighting anyone's battles. You fight your own battles. I'm here to encourage you to fight your battles. I've had people come up to me and say, George, maybe you should fight a little harder. Maybe you should, you know, uh, uh, call a little bit more. Me? Really? This is your country. They're throwing you over just as much as they're throwing me over. Give me a effing break. All right, you've been listening to George Wilder. Going off for a while. Folks trying to get on this. <laughs> we're trying to do this thing anytime we uh, have a little time. We're going to take a little musical break here, and we will be back if I get done. We're trying to get hook up Facebook here. We're trying to hook up Facebook there. So to let 
listen now and this later. It's going to be there. Where you can find this radio show, Digital the Show is there. The Digital the Junior Show is there. Okay, coming up. <laughs> it's still on my screen saying the worst president ever. Who is that? That's Donald J. Trump. He's not an president. He's an illiterate. Illiterate. I'm trying to say, President. Oh, my mouth is twisted today, folks. Sometimes it happens that way. It is twisted. Let me put this, post this particular show and every show that I get to Facebook so that uh, the people and my friends, I've got over a million people on Facebook, friends. It's 5,000 less. It's a hell of a lot more than that because i got so many groups that I'm involved in. And I've been doing this show uh for six years now, and uh, I'm an advocate for the people. I'm not for myself, you know. I mean, I'm <laughs> I've had my chance, uh, but I'm an advocate for the people. And we will be right back. Uh, so, hang in there for more. Take a break here.
Breaking news, folks. Dorian, the hurricane now a category one. The potentially devastating hurricane continues to uh, strengthen and is projected to hit Florida late Monday night into Tuesday morning. Okay, uh, at the date of this show. This show is uh, dated September uh, 2nd. Okay, at the date of this show. Oh wow, forty-three. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at the internet here. Forty-three of the greatest guitar players of all. Let's see if we can't go back and just because I'm a guitar player, I'm a musician, and I love being a musician. But I'm pretty sure my name isn't among the forty-three greatest guitars of of all time. Oh, of course, um, they have okay. Um, uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, I mean, the guy with Aerosmith, uh, Perry something, uh, 43 is great. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a sideshow. Let's see what it says. Okay, bear with me, folks. Uh, <laughs> begin sideshow. 43 of the greatest guitar players ever. If you're in, into this kind, Bo Diddley. <laughs> Bo Diddley, wow. I, I would have never guessed it. You know, Bo Diddley is, you know. Okay. The, they doesn't know. Elvis was not a guitar player, folks. He just had it hanging on him. And after afterwards, his, he put it down and uh, started singing uh, without it most of the time. But he was not a, a – Elvis was not a guitar player. He, he, The guy said it himself that he wasn't – he didn't know what he was doing. You know, so he was in, – in an interview, he said that he really didn't know anything about playing the guitar. It was just there. Okay, uh, Bo Diddley. Let's see who else did – oh, wow, this is crazy. Oh, no, I know, I know I'm supposed to be talking about something else, but it's the next, Johnny Ramon, okay? Okay, who's next? My name should be because <laughs> I played Jerry Garcia. He's passed. Most of these guys have passed away. Okay. Um, computer is slow. Okay, I guess it's Tony Mitchell, woman, okay. Greatest guitar players of all time. So the guitar is a, is an instrument that will never go away. Some people are saying that. All right, buddy guy, he's one of the greatest guitarists ever. Um, let's see. Who else? I would appreciate it if they say George Wilder Jr. is one of the greatest. Also, but that ain't gonna be up there. Matter of fact, uh, you know, I have a I have an engagement today to play. Tony 
a lot of people I haven't heard of, so I won't. I'll just mention mention the mention. Wow, I can't speak. Mention the ones that I've heard of, or emulated and followed, and no doubt about it, I a fan of. Okay, Tony Mar Marletto. All these people, and you know what? There are a lot of great guitar players out here. There are a lot of great musicians out there, period, that you, you, you never heard of. You don't know who they are, but you know that they're out here. It's like there's so many great writers, pop, you know, authors out here that you never heard of, like me, for instance. <laughs> uh, but seriously, but it's a lot of people out here with so much talent that you never heard of. That you only hear of the ones with Stevie Wonder, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and James Brown, Jackie Wilson, but and to you hear a lot of and other creative people in other uh, uh, facets uh, of the entertainment in- industry, uh, you know, fashion designers, stuff like that, creators. You know, I can creative people can always spot other creative people it's easy it's easy if you're not creative and you're not going to spot a creative person but if you're creative you're gonna even if you've never met that person you've never accosted that person you've never talked to that person you never had a conversation but somehow this this creative person comes into your circle and you're looking at that you're telling us that's a creative person. You know why? Because you're creative. Most creative people, as I've said, can identify other creative people. And creative people always spot somebody who's full of BS. They may not mention it, may not say it, but creative people can also spot somebody. And every, every um, I want to say this, every person with, a, with an instrument is not a musician. Just because you own a guitar or a piano or keyboard, saxophone or something, doesn't mean that you are a musician. I've seen so many people with instruments, but they're not musicians. They may claim it, but they're not. They just have an instrument. (laughs) Uh, Musicians are people who are totally in love with their instrument. They know every aspect of their instrument. They know how to play it. They know how to engage people. They know how to... Because people, people love music. They want to hear good music. They don't want to hear this thug music. Uh, you have to be in a different mind and a different <laughs> uh, uh, atmosphere to want to listen to that kind of stuff, you know. But but most people want to listen to music, you know, songs, whether it's classical, blues, rock, or whatever, uh, easy listening. People want to hear music, something that's going to take them back to a certain time or something that's going to make them dream about a better life or, or, or get them to act upon something that they have not been, uh, they've been idle over. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I've been talking about uh, musicians have here, that's the greatest musicians ever. <laughs> you know, I said, hey, well, I've been playing for over this many years, why isn't my name up there? You know, so I know why. <laughs> I know why. So, 
All right, you're listening to the Junior Show. We're going to take another musical break. It feels good to be back, folks. And every time I'm here, it's it's, it's I'm always back. I got a lot of stuff on the on my um, uh, marquee here that we're going to have to get rid of. You know, a lot of things, a lot of uh, uh, clips that are old and outdated. We're going to have to delete those, get those off of there. I'm going to have to put something up here more current. Let's see what we can do. We're going to take a musical break. I just been doing these musical breaks <laughs> because, it, you know, I, th- I think it's some good music. And I know people love good music. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is on the air. Make sure you check out my books. I'm a writer also. I have a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, 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 writings on Amazon, as so many other people do. <laughs> as so many other people do. And uh, people are just, like I said before, you can always tell creative people because they're going to wear it on their sleeves. It's going to be right there. Um, at least I can tell creative people. Um, how do you, how, how can you actually spot a creative person? It could be by the way they dress. It could be by the way they carry themselves. Uh, it could be a number of things, you know. But you can always spot them. The creative people are going to look and appear creative. There's no doubt about that. Creative people are going to look and appear creative. So that's one of the things that makes them creative, that they're going to. Am I stalling here? Okay, so we're supposed to, when, I'm, when we come back, folks, we're going to talk about the shootings, all these mass shootings, all these killings, and we're trying to get these politicians to do something about them. I will be right back. A meal break.
Carl, uh, what is your reaction to the president saying the Mueller probe never should have started in the first place? He said that all along, and he's determined to shut it down. Those who are closest to him will tell you it's very hard for them to stop his rages, especially in the last couple of weeks, about Mueller. And if they say to me and others that, that he is determined to shut this investigation down, he hasn't quite figured out how to do it, but he's determined to do it. And the real question here is uh, whether the rule of law uh, and the avoidance of a constitutional, a real constitutional crisis, which we're really approaching here, because he is saying essentially he is not going to be held accountable to the law, that the law does not apply to him, that this uh, investigation is in itself illegal. And he believes, as Jeff Greenfield, or Jeff Greenfield has just said, uh, that he can convince his base and a lot of the Republican Party that he doesn't have to be held accountable because they will be convinced as well that this is a witch hunt. And in fact, it's anything but. And one of the reasons we're seeing what we are right now is the president, according to those around him, uh, has expressed the belief uh, or certainly the attitude that he thinks this investigation is closing in on him, on his family and in, on his businesses. And there's real evidence uh, circumstantial that this is the case. And certainly lawyers involved in this uh, for other defendants believe that is the case and also that a set of indictments uh, is just over the horizon. Now, the, how, how, how do you know that? You that say a set go. of indictments on the way? Is, is over the horizon. Yes, I think that, that certainly that other lawyers involved in this believe that a new set of indictments is, uh, if not imminent, very close. Uh, but we don't know for sure that that's going to happen. Uh, and and you've got to wait until something is fi filed with the court. But certainly the belief around the president in the White House, those who talk to him, is that he is expressing the attitude that he needs to shut this thing down. He hasn't tried figured out the way to do it yet, uh, except to appeal to this base. Because we are in this country, as Jeff's comments indicated, uh, in the midst of a cold civil war, a cultural and political cold civil war. And Donald Trump, it predates Donald Trump, but he has exploited it brilliantly uh, and takes advantage of it. And the other thing that's involved here, and, and I'll let you ask another question and stop talking here in a second, is that this is very much about lying. That, that one of the things that we've seen, even with uh, the Prime Minister of Canada in the last week, is the compulsive or endemic lying by the President of the United States. And he tells us there's no collusion here. There's nothing here. Uh, in fact, we have from the record, you can say this journalistically, as a repertorial fact, whether you're on Fox, CNN, or MSNBC, it doesn't matter. The repertorial fact is this President lies. And why do we have any reason to believe that he's not lying about the Russia investigation and what's underneath it. We have less reason to believe him than we do the witnesses, the journalists, and the evidence that we've seen so far. It doesn't mean that there's evidence yet that we have seen of definitive collusion, but Mueller, I think we can, we can say, is trying to build a vast narrative of Trump, mm -hmm. his business, and his uh, political aspirations in dealing with the Russians from the beginning, getting money from people who are Russians, ethno-Russians, and then running for office, and how all of these pieces of the puzzle fit together. I could listen to you all day, Carl. 
But well, you brought up I, I lies. I kind of went on there. So let's Pardon go me. through some of the lies from this week. I, I made a list sure. of these. There's different kinds of lies, right, Carl? The RNC is talking points for this weekend, for example. I got a hold of the talking points. Let me put it on screen. It says, despite the media's fixation with White House palace intrigue, there is no chaos in the Trump administration. Obviously, that's not true, but that's just a kind of silly lie, right? That's spin. On the other hand, there's lies of serious consequences, though. Well, look at the ICE official in San Francisco who had enough. He resigned. This is an ICE spokesman who said he just couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't spread falsehoods for the Trump administration. And then, as you mentioned, Trump himself uh, saying to fundraisers at a private fundraiser that, oh, yeah, he made up some facts with the Canadian prime minister. There's all these different kinds of, of fibs or falsehoods we've seen, but some of them have real consequences. Now, the, the lying by the President of the United States is what's important here, not by the RNC being craven and backing him up, because that is the big question here. Are Republicans, as happened during Watergate, going to have some spine and not be craven and say, look, we believe in the rule of law. We support this president and his policies, but we want to know what happened here, if indeed, the Mueller investigation is what Donald Trump says it is, which is a fake and a witch hunt and all the rest. There will be plenty of time after his investigation is finished, if he is allowed to complete the investigation, to find everything he did, Mueller, that is underhanded, illegal, a witch hunt. I don't think that's going to happen from everything we know about Mueller. And he's a straight shooter, as we know. He's a Republican. He plays it by the book. But there is every opportunity, and Republicans ought to rally around this and say, look, let this investigation go forward. If there is any malfeasance or misfeasance by the investigators, we will find out about it after we find out the facts about Russia, about Donald Trump, about his family, about his business organization. Let's get the facts. But if there has been malfeasance by the investigators, those investigators ought to go to jail. And they Critics, ought to be yeah. put on that there ought to be a legal procedure to, the, to deal with, with any malfeasance or misfeasance, real malfeasance or misfeasance, not simple errors that are made in a legitimate investigation. But you do that after the fact. And what we have seen today so far uh, from Senator Graham and from some others is perhaps, hopefully, the beginning of Republicans saying, yes, there is a line we will not cross about the rule of law. The rule of law shall prevail here. We'll find out the facts. We'll deal with the investigators later. Uh, but in this cultural civil war, in this cold civil war, there's a real question, as Jeff Greenfield has said today, of whether or not it's possible for a legitimate investigation to prevail as opposed to an authoritarian, demagogic president appealing to a base that has the Republican Party so far held hostage. So, Carl, what is the role of the press as you see it in this difficult moment? To stay repertorial, to be really rigidly repertorial, not to go beyond what we know. And it's very difficult because when you say that the President of the United States lies and lies repeatedly, that's very difficult to listen to, particularly if you are a supporter of the President. And at the same time, it is a repertorial demonstrable fact that everyone has to deal with here. And it's true of this whole story. But I think that the less we show ourselves as provocative, 
if we can keep our tone to being as repertorial as we can, and at the same time be strict in terms of pointing out what we know, what is fact, what is speculation, we have seen in the last year the greatest reporting on the presidency, presidency of the United States by a great number of news organizations that we've seen in the last 50, 60 years in this country, by the New York Times, by the Washington Post, by the Wall Street Journal, whose owner, Rupert Murdoch, is a supporter of, pre of the president, by some right-wing outfits as well that have, you know, part of the conservative movement uh, has opposed this president's lying and interference with legal procedure. You look at what Bill Kristol has said. You look uh, at what Jennifer Rubin has said in the, in the Washington Post. Right-wing people, movement conservatives, not all of them by any means support this president's flouting the rule of law especially. Uh, what we are seeing now is a crossroads this weekend, and that is whether or not the rule of law, the Constitution of the United States, the legitimacy of the Republican Party as an institution that believes in the principles that we have held dear in this country for years and established in Watergate once again by the Supreme Court and by Republicans in Congress who were brave enough to take on the President of the United States when he said he was above the law, that's where we are right now. And we are at a moment that is crucial in the history of this country because it is clear that Donald Trump wants to bury this investigation. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is back on the air, and we're just learning that the Hurricane Dorian just hit the Bahamas, and uh, seven people were killed in that mass shooting in Texas, the second uh, mass shooting in Texas this year. And you are wondering, what are the politicians going to do about it? about it. Probably nothing. Nothing because Mitch McConnell, he doesn't give a damn about America. He's a Russian oligarch. He is a as they called him, a Moscow Mitch. Something I'm hearing he does not like being called. But he wants to give uh, the American election over to the Russians so Trump can win uh, in 2020. He doesn't want to put money towards protecting our election. He called himself the Grim Reaper. This is what he called himself. Mitch McConnell, the, the leader in the Senate uh, uh, in Washington, uh, called himself the Grim Reaper. And you know what? He is. This man is exactly right. He is a Grim Reaper, even when you look at him. He doesn't love America. He doesn't give a damn. Uh, the Republicans are skimming off the top. I mean, they're stealing our money left and right, and we know it. And as I've said before, Americans do not have the cojones for fighting back. Americans should get together two or three million strong surrounding the White House and demand that the guy resign. But they won't do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure some Americans are going out there and surround, but it, it's not enough. You, you need uh, a few million to do it. Not everybody, but a few million. 
Americans just don't have the uh, ability to fight back or want to fight back. They're looking for people to fight for them. Uh, I know this for a fact. <laughs> they are looking for people to fight their battles for them. And the only battles they actually can fight are their own. Collectively, collectively, we can do something. But if, but if we let these people just run roughshod over our government and without doing anything, then they win. We lose. We have to stop this. The mass shootings are going to continue. Because our government is letting them continue. The current top of Republican, these people have this current Republican president. These people have blood on their hands. They have, and they're trying to lie out of it, deny it. But we know the American people that these folks have blood on their hands. All these mass shootings are just ridiculous. Almost every week or or every few days, there's a mass shooting in America. There is there is crime all in Chicago, and you, even in Chicago, you got people denying it or saying, "Well, it's not as bad as it was last year," or "It's not as bad as it." It's bad, folks. These people are just trying to spin it and make you believe it. They're cooking the books on us. And they're throwing garbage out at us and say, accept it. No, we're not going to accept it. We know that crime is not down in Chicago, at least not down as, as when you hear about uh, people getting shot uh, uh, just for walking to the corner store. This is crazy. We have to do something about this. We have to take our country back. We have to stop voting in Republicans. Uh, actually, we have to stop voting in uh, politicians in general who just want to hear themselves talk, politicians who just want to tell us what they think we want to hear. We've got them. We've we got politicians who look good, have a great sounding name, but it's out to rob us blind. People have to realize that, but I, I'll say this too. Uh, I've said this before. People are stupid. Not all people, but, you know, there's a few out there. And some of the people, uh, a lot of people will agree with me. People are, people are stupid. Some of them are. I'm not, I'm not generalizing. There's a few who are. And, and some of the people you can't change mind. Like older people, for instance, they're watching Fox News. I mean, and they are believing everything that comes out of this lying uh, television station cable station, whatever it is, you know, and uh, people have to wake up and to tell you the truth, I don't know if they'll ever wake up. People are going to be who they are. People hate each other. People can't stand each other. People hurt each other. Uh, This country is divided like I don't know what, and the Republicans have done that. Donald Trump has done that. Now, he's got a base. Basically, his base are white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan. Donald Trump needs to be impeached. I mean, he should have been impeached two years ago. But we have Democrats who are, you know, just on the backbone. Democrats who are just weak, lying to the public to get our votes. And then once they get our votes and get in office, they do nothing. Republicans are um, laughing. 
at the subpoenas. Yeah, we, uh, uh, Democrats are subpoenaing, subpoenaing uh, Republicans every day if I said that word right. Uh, but the Republicans are saying they're peeing on the subpoenas. They are peeing on the subpoenas. Don't think jack about the subpoenas. Let's say if you or I, <laughs> we've got a subpoena and we don't show up, they're going to be knocking at outdoors. They may even put the handcuffs on us. What is wrong with Democrats? We give them the power to do stuff, to do things, and they will not do them. Nancy Pelosi swore up and down that she will not impeach Donald Trump, and it seems like she's not going to. I never want uh, Nancy Pelosi to be the Speaker of the House. I knew that she was running for one thing, and that was to save Donald Trump's ass, and that's what she's doing. She's saving him from impeachment. That's why she ran to keep him from being thrown out of office. There's always a possibility if Donald Trump goes to 2020, there's a possibility he could win because he would have uh, a possibility he, he would win because the Russians uh, could uh, uh, once again install him in office through screwing with our elections. The election that the Republicans want them to screw with. American people have to wake up. These mass shootings, these shootings, these killings, these uh, it's just crazy. People, as I said at the beginning of the show, people do not want to come to America because of the mass shootings. They feel America is not safe and and once again, can you blame them? Can you blame them? No, you can't. You really can't. All of these mass shootings, it's just crazy. And the Republicans are steadfast and buried of the ass of the NRA. The NRA. There's nothing wrong with universal background checks. Remember uh, Donald Trump, I think the last uh, – was it the last mass shooting? Donald Trump said he's got to – he's going to think about uh, signing an order or executive order to keep guns out of the hands of the mentally ill. What kind of crap is that? He just – a couple of years ago, he signed a bill eliminating Obama's um, executive orders of keeping hands – Guns out of hands of the mentally ill. And he still hasn't signed that order. So this is why I say and others say uh, the Republicans have blood on their hands. There is no doubt about it. And American people just can't look the other way. Oh, it's just weird. We're going to put him out in 2020. He needs to be impeached now. And that's not only me saying that. That's not only the George Wilder saying that. That's the entire country saying that. But we have people who are not listening to the people who put them in office. The Democrats. That's why I'm an independent. No, folks, I've said this several times on this show. I am not a Democrat. I am not a Republican. I am an independent. And I criticize both parties as I see fit, as we see fit. 
because we give them our we give them our vote, we give them our tax dollars. And what do they do? They think they know more than we do. Because they're in office. You know, they ignore us when we call in. They they ignore us when we email. Because they think they know better than the rest of us. That's why they refuse to listen to us. Yeah, they refuse to listen to us. We want Donald Trump impeached. They say no. We're the majority of the American people. We want to impeach. They say no. They're going to let him go to 2020. And he has done so much damage to this country already. It's pathetic. And Donald Trump is the reason why uh, we don't get as much tourism as we should here in America. We have a shitty president, and we have mass shootings almost every week, every few days in this country. You think people want to come here and visit from other countries? No. We have to, we are the people, we have to keep pressure on Mitch McConnell and the Republicans because they're the ones who are standing in the way of universal background checks. They are the ones who are standing in the way. Vote them out. As soon as Donald Trump loses the 2020 election, we hope he will be going to jail. If he wins, if Donald Trump wins the 2020 election, America will not be America. It's good versus evil here, folks. America will not be America. So we cannot let that happen. We cannot let that happen. America will cease to be America. Thank you. All right, folks, here's Ashley Judd on Ash, the, the actress, the actress, Ashley Judd on George Wilder. She's talking about uh, online abuse. Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judd she'll die alone with a dried-out vagina. If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot AF. The unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends.
girls and women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. <laughs> Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper-sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what, you're right, I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt, I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. <laughs> I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalized the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob, this vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, 
Forget your team. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass. And I did that alone, and I published it alone, because my chief advisor said, please don't. The reign of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you. But I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published. It went viral. It proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world. And when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women, and for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up, the limbic system gets fired, we lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. Our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex, with real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people, girls, our girls, our boys, are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who are fighting for a safe and free internet. We started something called the Speech Project, curbing abuse, expanding freedom, and that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us. Our natural sexuality is, I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful, and my expressing it does not pornography make. So I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds. Attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech, and guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open, saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. Okay. 
And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child, and so that tweet brought up that trauma, and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech and we disaggregate it and we code it and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it. We're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few. And of course, I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy, and clearly it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two, shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. Edge. The global standard for gender equality is the minimum standard, and guess what? Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta, as the Italians would say. Enough. Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there, in 2015, 72,828 women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered with up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? Our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate speech. In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph, <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. 
So let's talk about our friends, white men. You have a role to play and a choice to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. We're cool in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh my God, she's a reverse racist. That quote was said by a white man, Robert Morris, chairperson, Price Waterhouse Cooper. He asked me to include it in my talk. We need to grow support lines and help groups so victims can help each other when their lives and finances have been derailed. We must, as individuals, disrupt gender violence as it is happening 92% of young people, 29 and under, witness it. 72% of us have witnessed it. We must have the courage and urgency to practice stopping it as it is unfolding. And lastly, believe her. Believe her. Will you be there? Will you be there, baby? 
shootings in America are just getting worse. The FBI, the police, they are having trouble keeping up. Authorities are responding to active shooter every week in this country. Every week. Every few days, as I've previously mentioned. Shootings go on every week. Nobody is doing. Mass shootings have been on the rise for nearly two decades. And they are so prevalent that investigators are struggling, as I've said, to keep up. Law enforcement agencies are grappling with the sheer number of active shooter investigations on their plates. FBI special agent in charge said after a shooter is killed at 7 Wounded, more than 20 others in West Texas on Saturday. That's pathetic. FBI special agent in charge said after a shooter killed at least seven people and wounded more than 20 others in West Texas on Saturday. Seven people died. 20 others were wounded. In total, that's 27 people shot. And this is the second mass killing in Texas. Wow. An FBI study on active shootings, on active shooters, revealed a similarity break, bleak twin. Bleak twin. If I'm reading that correctly, twin. Twin incident involving active shooter, which the FBI declined as a, an individual act. I don't want to read the garbage. They have to do something in Congress to keep guns out of the hands of those who should not have them. Keep guns out of the hands of people. But you know what? A lot of these uh, uh, shooters the, in these massive shooter incidents, they're guns. That they have purchased legally. Some of these people have concealed and carry licenses. They just decide to, one day they're going to go off and just shoot a lot of people and then kill themselves. 
But still and all, we need some sort of gun control in America. And as long as the Republicans are in Congress, it's not going to happen. Democrats control the House of Representatives. However, Republicans control the Senate. They both have to be one accord in order to do this. Trump, is he doesn't know what he's talking about. He says one thing one day and another thing the other day. His mind just skips over shit. He's, he's, uh, but, you know, even with Trump in office, you know, if, if the Republicans decide to do something about gun control, they will write anything that he opposes with the Democrats in the House. But that's not going to happen because just about every Republican – the Senate in Washington is up Trump's butt. I, and I don't understand it. The majority of them know Trump is out of control. Every time he opens his mouth, he lies. He's a criminal, a traitor. He's a terrorist on American soil. We all know that. He's a liar. <laughs> He's a white nationalist. He called himself that. We know he's a traitor. You know, he did, he's trying to destroy everything that Obama put in place to protect us, and he's doing it. He advocates violence. He advocates brutality. He advocates abuse on his own American people. He's a Russian asset. He's a Russian agent. I mean, I can go on and go go on and go on and go on. I've written a book about it. I can go on and on and on and on and on on this thing. I'm not saying anything that Americans already not know already. This is a shame. All of these mass shootings that these Republicans refuse to do anything about. Anything about. And um, it's just getting worse all the time because nothing is being done. People are dying, dying every day in these mass shootings. It should be obvious to any person that the only way to protect our children is to Pack a gun, and 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 in Texas, uh, I'm just hearing that there's a bill that has been passed where you can carry a gun in a school. You can carry, I mean, to protect yourself, carrying guns to protect yourself. You can uh, teachers can carry guns. Uh, people, uh, churchgoers and folks who run the church can carry. And public places, libraries, you can take a gun. All because. You know, um, Texans and other people want to protect themselves against mass shooters because the whole, because the majority of the time in these mass shooters, you're gunning down innocent people, innocent children, and the gunman usually takes uh, his own life. Okay, it should be obvious to any thinking person that the only way to protect our children is to pack a gun. In their book bags every day so they are ready to kill that bad guy with a gun. We should 
also seriously consider substituting uh, the useless math class for a course in rapid fire gun maintenance. Wow. Sarcasm is maybe, but it's something to think about. At least in Texas, something like this is, uh, is, uh, is going on. America, wake up. This is a civil war. More guns is not the answer. That's something you have to tell the Republicans because they're the ones who are putting the guns out there. They're the ones who are refusing to um, do anything about it. America, you have to get your shit together and get these people the fuck out of office. They have ruined this country. They have taken this country down into the sewer, the toilet, and they like it. These people are liars. They're spinners. You have to get them out of office. And I just don't understand, and I still say, why Americans will not will not get up off their asses and go out here and fight for their country. All you have to do is together protest and demand that the man get out of office. But Americans don't have the fortitude for that. In other countries like London, and I mean, you got all these other countries. I mean, China, they are protesting their asses off at these corrupt pub, uh, public officials uh, in their country. And it's working. But Americans don't do that. Americans are sleeping. They refuse to wake up to reality. They know what's going, they, they know what's going on in their country, but they don't, they're looking for other people to fight their battles for them. There's nobody's going to fight your battles but you. You have to get up off your ass and do something. Or America will cease to exist. We will go, we will be another 1939, 1940 Germany. Ruled by Hitler. He exterminated the Jews, the Polish. And he's going to come after African Americans. Anybody that doesn't look like them. And this country does not belong to white people. It belongs to the Indians, the Native Americans. The Europeans stole it away from them. Now they're trying to steal it away from everybody else. And they make no bones about stealing this country from the rest of us. This is why we have to... We have to um, get together and something... Stop cowards. Stop being afraid. But Americans, it's not going to happen. Looking for someone else to fight your battles. Battles, it's not going to happen. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just up, just about off the air, folks. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody who will listen. <laughs> and I uh, hope you join me tomorrow. We're going to have uh, something else to talk about. We have the book guests for the show, of course. That's going to happen. Um, because it's fun. It's fun having guests on the show, but we're just getting back, so um, we we'll figure out where we're gonna go from here. And uh, where we're gonna go from here is, let's see. I'm scrolling up and down, <laughs> hoping to find something here. Um, we're just about off the air, folks. I want to have a good weekend. Have a, a great holiday. 
uh, have everything, let everything be good in your life. You know, I mean, uh, uh, fight back, fight your own battles. Okay. We're off the air. Hope to see you tomorrow. And every time the show is on the air, I'm going to put the show up everywhere we can put it. And to get to visit my um, uh, Amazon page, buy a book, buy a story, you know, help support the show. Okay. You keep supporting the show. And uh, because I know it's a good show. And if you addicted to the George Wanda Jr. show, just it's a lot of uh, uh, shows we've done. I think we've done 644 shows. So there's a lot out there to you to, for you to devour. And every show sounds as if I'm on the air at that particular moment live. So check it out. And also check out my Amazon page on on, as I've said, check out my Amazon page on Amazon, buy a book, you know, buy a story. Most of it's Kindle, but, you know, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.